Thanks for listening to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. If our message has encouraged you, would you help us spread the word? There are three simple ways you can help. One, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and you'll always be the first to know when we've released a fresh episode. Two, rate the Provoke and Inspire podcast on iTunes. And three, share the episodes that speak the most to you on Facebook, Twitter, or wherever your voice is heard. We're honored to have you as part of our global community. Welcome to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. We are continuing on in our series, The Rules of the Road, The Road Rules, and uh, we have the unique, it seems to be a unique privilege to have all four of us together. Yeah, so Luke, we have Luke, who's from the currently among the cows and chocolate in the, uh, the Alps of Switzerland. That, that is, is exactly wow. right. I'm like a guest speaker, you know. I only turn up every now and again, so apologies. But oh. I am in the Swiss Alps right now. I'm I'm sorry to say this, but I, oh. I have a beautiful view right now of the Swiss Alps out of my window. So, meanwhile, I'm jealous. I'm about six feet underground. We're like at a, my... we're like in, in Ben's basement. It looks like like a zombie lair. Yeah, this full oh. wood nineteen like socks unfinished everywhere. Basement. I went down there and I thought, man, I. This is exactly like kind of the kind of zombie layers that I've experienced my whole life. <laughs> so Chad, I see you're in Nashville doing your thing. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of somewhere between Alps and zombie layer. Ah. Yeah, but well, Chad is wearing yeah. like mirror sunglasses, sitting at a at a coffee shop, being cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. It's the yeah, perfect yeah, exactly. definition of Nashville. Exactly, oh, zombies yep. and Swiss Alps. Yeah, yeah, yep. the rolling hills of and coffee Tennessee. All right. Well, that's great. Uh, well, you know, we're going to, we want to plow forward in our series, but before we do, David has another random story. David's random story. Yeah. So, <laughs> who's it presented by? So, presented by Pepsi? Uh, not yeah, yet, but it might not be. Not yet. It will be. Yet, so, anyway, soon. so when I was in university, we had this like big house where everyone, we were all living together. And two, two of the guys that were living there, they were brothers. And one guy, Call him, referred to himself as Snake, and the other guy referred to himself as Fish. And so Snake and Fish were brothers, and uh, they they would like go to a restaurant, and so they would like have a nice meal, and then and then Snake would like act like he was having a heart attack. So they'd like be eating, and all of a sudden Snake would be acting like he has a heart attack, and he'd like fall over on the ground. And start, you know, gra- you know, gasping and everything. And so the people, there's such a commotion that they just wanted fish to get snake out of the restaurant. And so that's what <laughs> they did. So they wouldn't have to pay, or they would carry, they would go into a restaurant. And they'd have like a little petri dish, and they'd have a cockroach in it. And so then they'd be just before they'd finish their food, you know, a snake would put like a like a cockroach in the potatoes, and then he'd go, uh, excuse me. Uh, and you call the waiter over. There is a cockroach in my food, and so the people would be horrified, and they wouldn't have to pay. So I, the reason I'm saying this is because I know a lot of you are struggling artists, you know, and it can be yeah. hard, especially when you start. And this is Excellent a way tips. that you can help yourself, you know, to to survive when you start. Is you can, 
you could look at the example of snake and fish. <laughs> and those are actually great things for tour as well, for being oh, on the road yeah. as a band. Look, you're not supposed to add to my story. <laughs> look, hey, I'm, not, if you I'm want... just appreciating the value of it. Oh, okay, you can do that. Look, this if you want your own series. segment, you just bide your time, and you know, maybe you'll get your own segment in time. Oh, you know? and, and, and snake, I don't fish, have if you're listening to this. I, you know, segment. props to you, brothers. I love you. <laughs> so, David, was that Jake the Snake? No, 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 no. Hey, oh. you don't give I away think so, the identity I think of Snake. I think Snake and Fish are probably in prison, but oh. I, but uh, anyway, in prison they get free food too, so it's a win-win all the way around. <laughs> anyway, uh, that, that random story is brought to you by something to be named in the future. Uh, and that will eventually you know, take us all to the, to the glory land of riches. You know, <laughs> someone will level. hear that and they'll say, wow, I want to get behind that. Yeah. You know? And there'll be like this rash of people going into restaurants with Petri dishes. We'll just start this, <laughs> yeah, this whole viral trend of, uh, of taking advantage of poor restaurants. Uh, anyway, so we're going to carry, carry on now into our series. Uh, last week, we talked about prayer. Uh, it's really hard to get my mind right after that story, but <laughs> yeah, it is inspiring. Really. But uh yeah, this whole series is dedicated to the idea that if you're going to be a Christian artist, uh, and, and maybe specifically a band, how how do you thrive? How are you fruitful? How do you um, see God move through what you're doing? Because, you know, it's one thing to, to set out to do this, and it's a very different thing to, to stay the course and to be successful as God would define it. And so looking at our own experiences— Things we've done poorly, things we've done well, things that God have ta- has taught us along the way. Uh, we've kind of extrapolated some of these uh, principles, these rules of the road that I think are very critical and uh, in, in guarding culture, in, in setting the course uh, to be successful. And so the first week we looked at uh, having a vision and, and making a covenant. In many ways, that kind of uh, is the umbrella under which all of this fits because a lot of the things we're going to talk about come under the idea of how do you want to operate? How do you want to function as a band? What are your, what are the guiding principles? What are the things that you want to stick to? Uh, and so everything really falls underneath that. So when we talked about prayer, well, needless to say, one of the things you better uh, decide on is that prayer is going to be an important part of what you do. And and we really looked at the idea that prayer is you know more than just something you use vocationally. It's an indication that you even have an intimate relationship with Jesus in the first place. Uh, and so we talked about that idea. This week, I want to try to get really uh, specific, really practical, uh, and, and we're going to talk about the idea of holiness. Um, I, I think it's pretty uh, assumed, it's pretty obvious to most everyone that as an artist uh, in a band on the road, there are some unique temptations, there are some unique opportunities to struggle in uh, you know the way you live your life in, in lifestyle ways. Uh, and so I want to look at some of the things that we've identified in the experiences that we've had um, and, and some just the just the whole idea of holiness and why it even matters as an artist. So David, do you want to, you know, you wrote a book that kind of talks about, one of the chapters talks about this in terms of an offstage and an on, onstage dynamic and why there needs to be consistency there. Do you want to talk about that a little well, bit? Well, yeah, I mean, I was speaking one time in Germany and uh, after I was done, the, the worship band leader came up to me and he's going, man, that was really great, and, and uh, I'm going to be going on a, a year-long uh, holiday with my girlfriend. We're going to be traveling around the world, and so, you know, maybe we can catch up somewhere. And so, I, so basically, he's saying to me, I'm having sex with my girlfriend, I'm the worship leader, and it's no big deal. And uh, I think that that's uh, unfortunately not so unusual 
in the Christian music scene today. I, I remember when I was when I was in university, I was a very arrogant guy. I thought I was very cool. And I also had that same kind of view about Jesus. You know, I thought Jesus was just this cool guy, and, and I was this cool guy, and so my standards were very low. But then, um, and so, you know, I didn't—because I, 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 it was all about grace, and, and, you know, God loves me the way I am, and, and that's kind of how I lived. And it, but it wasn't powerful. There was no—I was, I wasn't experiencing the kinds of things that you read about in the book of Acts. And then one day—I mean, one day, I was traveling around Europe— and I was outside of Venice in Italy, and uh, I had this revelation of the holiness of God. It was, it was like it fell on me um, so strongly that I could hardly walk. I mean, if people would have saw me, they would have, they would have thought that I was drunk because I was st- literally staggering. And I, I can remember I, I fell on my face in this field outside of Venice and I wept, and for I don't know how long, for it seemed like a long time, maybe an hour or two, I'm not sure, but I got this understanding that Jesus wasn't just cool, but that he was holy, and that I needed to, it was like Peter when he had that revelation of Jesus, where he actually fell at the feet of Jesus. It's in Luke 5, 6 through 9, he actually fell at the feet of Jesus and said, depart from me, I'm a sinner. It's like when he had that understanding that Jesus wasn't just a cool guy, but that he was also holy, then Jesus said to Peter, from now on you will build my church. And I think that the revelation yeah. of the holiness of God is a thing that makes it possible for me to be someone God can use, and it also makes it possible for me to hear what he wants me to do with my life. Yeah. But so, but as it relates to—I mean, that that to me is— it's kind of the foundation is that holiness in general as a Christian is not just understanding a set of principles that you try very diligently to follow. Uh, it begins with with an understanding of, of who God is and that you want to please him as your dad and that you you trust him and you have a revelation of what it meant for him to die for you and so you want to live in light of that. Um, but But talk a little bit about the, the, as it relates to the idea as, of an artist, do you find, is this a unique problem for artists, or is this just a Christian thing in general? Well, I think today, um, maybe it's not just today, but it seems to me that there's, a, there's a, uh, not a lot of talk about holiness, you know, in the Church. Or, and I think the reason for that is because, because it hurts. You know, it's, it's like when, when Isaiah had the revelation of the, of the Zeraphs, which name which the name of these angels means burn you know so here's these angels and the literal name of these angels is burn and he has a revelation of god and he said woe to me i'm an un- i have a man of unclean lips you know and then this the zeraph took these hot coals and put them on on isaiah's lips and when you when someone puts hot coals on your lips it burns and yeah. so <laughs> so to have a a revelation of holiness burns, and I think we're, you know, who wants that? But it's it's when I allow God to, to do this, to refine me, when I allow this process in my life, then he can use me, and then I start to experience the amazing—seeking See, seeking holiness is not about limiting, it's about the—it's the opposite. It's like breaking the chains, it's like cutting the chains off, you know, and becoming free— and so it's not this legalistic thing, but it's the, quite the opposite of that. But I think people, uh, there's, they, they don't want 
hold, they don't want their lips to be burned. You know, yeah. it's like I, I think, had this. Can I just say one last thing? I was speaking yeah. one time in a church, and and uh, I was getting ready to speak, and I had this this thought in my mind: confess what you did last night. And I'm like, God, I can't. I'm going to speak these in this church. They don't even know who I am. And I got this: just confess what you did last night. And I'm like, oh man. So I get up, and I say, before I start, I, I feel like. God wants me to confess that I watched something on television last night I shouldn't have watched, and I'm sorry. I asked Jesus to forgive me, but I feel like I'm supposed to to, to say that publicly. Now that burned, you know, yeah, yeah. that burned my lips. Let me tell you, but I had never preached with more authority after that, you know. But I had to allow God to to work that, you know. And you still have to continue to do that. It's not a one time thing, but that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I was going to say, just I think it does relate specifically to the art, the artists, the bands. Um, it's a specific challenge as well. Of course, it's a thing for all Christians, but I think what David's talking about uh, is a challenge for artists and bands because we, as artists, tend to be breaking the convention and trying to step outside of uh, the normal way of doing things. And we can tend to get this idea, which I guess was the idea, David, you were describing you had as a university student that it's like i'm cool and jesus is cool and we right, take right. god lightly and we we don't we don't remember or we don't get this this um this understanding of god's holiness that david is describing and we think that we need to kind of take things lightly if we're gonna be a cool band or be a cool artist and connect with the scene and whatever so we right. we think that that's the way to be and so it seems to be even more strongly a problem um, in the kind of ministry that that you know uses art and music than it does in in you know other I guess Christian circles or whatever it just seems to come up more regularly where people think it's okay to just live however or, or take um, various aspects like alcohol or or what we watch or um, the way we speak the language we use to take those things lightly and to say oh, I'm just you know just being me and it's just God accepts accepts me the way I am and don't be too legalistic because people won't get you if you do that so I think it is yeah. a specific problem hmm. I love Chad did you yeah yeah I yeah, was thinking ahead. while you guys yeah I'm just uh, I'm just listening and enjoying and receiving but um, James one twenty seven came to mind it says religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, which is, which is normally where I like to end that verse. Uh, and then it goes on to say, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Um, and I think that that's really what we're talking about. You know, holiness is remaining unstained from the pressures or the influence or uh, the mindsets that the world brings into uh, everyday living. And so for artists, in my experience with artists, it, it was routine for them to be faced with the realities of the world and the the thought patterns of the world or the actions of the world, um, especially the deeper they find or found themselves traveling into mainstream culture and touring with larger bands or being out on like a, a warp tour or a Ozfest or any kind of a, a, um, event or a series of events where, where you are very likely one, if not the only Christian artist set apart by God to be there. And, uh, and so I just think that there's a, there is a very, at one point, I, I think you maybe asked Ben, you know, is this, 
a unique uh, kind of thing to Christian artists, or does it apply to all Christianity? And and I, I'm pretty sure we would all agree it applies to both. But but it does seem like within the arts, there's even greater likelihood that the that the um, pressures an artist will face. Are, are much more severe than someone working a career job. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm... Well, I, I think it's just different. I mean, yeah. Paul said we fight against principalities and powers, you know, not flesh and blood. And so if you're in the music scene, you're going to be attacked by the principalities and power in the music scene. Yeah. And so pride is going to be a huge one. Right. You know, the whole, I want to be worshipped, I want fame. Uh, sensuality is another big one. You know, all the things that are right. in that scene... Because and then every genre has a specific thing to it too. So, so you know, you need to be not be naive and understand that if I'm going to go into that that scene and I'm going to talk about Jesus, I'm going to be attacked by the spirits in that scene, and right. I have mm. to have my eyes open. And I, like I do think if you there's... play reggae music, then you always feel like smoking dope and stuff like that. <laughs> and even if you don't, you probably will just hanging out. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're probably yeah, like... like as a as a passive smoker. Yeah. Like I was at, at a, I was at a John Mayer concert and it was definitely there whether you wanted it to be or not. You know, what that's I'm right. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure they might have even clubs. been piping it in. Which... I've I've played in some clubs where it's hard to not like you. You have to kind of spend your time outside so that you can do the. Gig, well, the key you know, the, the key show. is to only exhale. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that completely messed up my point. But I was on tour. Oh, yeah. Now you know I, how it feels. I, I can remember that this band. We go around in this van and the windows were always up. And they'd always be smoking marijuana, and I would be like, "Going, man, what am I supposed to do?" But then after a while, I didn't care that much, and it was the the road trips were a lot more relaxing. <laughs> totally. <laughs> hey, so but here's the thing. So you know, we're we're looking at a lot of, at, at sort of the motivation, or not motivation, but the the foundation. Sorry, of why holiness matters, because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding, and and we can even I think there's still some layers we need to look at as it relates to artists, and then I think what we want to do is is get real specific for a moment because I think even once you have a conviction or, or you understand the need or why it's even important, it's still hard. Mm. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Like you can still have the proper understanding and 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 a really a sense that you want to please God, and then it still is very very hard. Um, and I, I do think there's something unique about being an artist because in what other position? I mean, yeah, in any other field, you know, if you're in business, there's going to be the allure of success or, or wanting to climb the ladder or make a lot of money or whatever, be competitive. But man, as an artist, you, you're looked at, you know, it's this weird human worship thing. You know what I mean? I even like when I compare it to sports, for example, in sports, you're really worshiping the result. And if you want evidence of that, the whole team will turn over in three years and you're still as committed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, whereas in, in music, it's this weird thing where you're like, I remember I, I might have talked about this before, but I was at a concert and you know I had the side view of the stage, and the band was playing, and I, you know there was this group of fans right up there, and they were like singing, and their hands were in the air, and for a moment I had this like thought where it was like this could be a, this could be a worship concert. Mm -hmm. It was weird. It I, was it, actually. It's like it, for a moment I felt like man, this is. I had this kind of weird pit in my stomach. It's like this is. This isn't a concert. This is worship. Yeah, you know. And so when you put yourself in that position, that's that is a that is a really uh, heavy thing to to put yourself into as a person and to not be corrupted by. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there definitely is unique challenges to being an artist that I think we have to be aware of. And so I think that kind of leads back 
to the beginning of this whole series, which is you better have a plan. Yeah. Right? I think that's part of the problem is you you better have a vision as to what you're going to do and then to be specifically aware of, okay, these are the things that we're going to come up against. Because if you don't, I really don't think you have a chance of, of making it out alive. Exactly. And then, and, you, and then also this series, like thinking about tour life, it brings another aspect to it, which is, yeah. um, first of all, you're constantly going through environments that are full of temptation, full of, of stuff, you know, that you, you need to be just on alert about. And then there's the tiredness and the intensity of tour life, which right. you're constantly in a situation where you're more um, liable to, to fall if you're not you know, if you're not keeping strong, if you're not paying attention, because you're tired, you're spiritually tired, you're, you're in a place where the enemy can attack. And and so I think tour life as well brings extra, you know, situations where we have to be aware and, and, and think this through. Yeah. And that's why you have to have real strict kind of rules to protect yourself. Right. You know, you know I think that's, that's where originally the internet media fast idea came. Right. Because you'd be on tour, you come back to where you're staying if you're in a hotel or whatever, you get back to the hotel at two or three in the morning and you're just like, you want to you wanna unwind, you turn on the television and there's some naked mm-hmm. girl on the television mm-hmm. because it's three in the morning, especially if you're, in New York, if you're in Europe. Or in some places in Europe, it's three in the afternoon. Yeah, three in the afternoon. But anyway, <laughs> um, and so it's like, it, it's not good. And so, right. so I thought, we just need to say no television you know, I, right. I, I like when I'm not just when I'm on a tour uh, with the band. When I I have to stay in hotels a lot because I travel a lot. I just don't turn the television on. Right. Uh, but that is that tell. I mean, now you have the, you know internet and everything, and you you got to you got to put rules around yourself, or you will fall. Right. But know? again, it, I think it has to come back to the purpose and the strength of your conviction and your dedication to that purpose and your commitment to that purpose, which is why, you know, and we'll get into this a little bit more detail, how in our in our band No Longer Music, we literally have written out a covenant. Like these are things that we recognize as key things that we need to adhere to, that we need to commit to. But it has to come back to that that conviction because I right, exactly. look, you may have mentioned it, but it's like or Chad, I think you said it is there there's a kind of, you know, as a band, there's kind of this chill, cool like, yeah, we're just dudes, you know, and you're kind of joking around and you do your thing and then you're back in the van or the venue or the hotel or whatever. And and you have to kind of have an intensity to you where this isn't a playground, this is a battlefield. Um, you know, I kind of sometimes call our band like a, the creative military because it's uh-huh. like, it's intense, it's it's creative, it's it's performance, but then it's, it's quite disciplined. Well, it's very disciplined and, and it has to be because I think of the intensity of what you're doing. I mean, one of my you know, secular or non-Christian heroes uh, in art is, is Zach De La Rocha from Rage Against the Machine. You know, he was so intense, you know, and, and he probably drove people crazy. I remember, David, you might have mentioned that at one point you saw him on TV or whatever, and he was he was doing his thing. He was like playing and, and talking between songs, and he was so overcome by the emotion of the moment. He was like weeping yeah. on the side of the stage, like leaning up against one of the amps yeah, just because he so believed in the things that that he was talking about. And so really, this is all nonsense if you don't really have this sense of I'm in. This is a battle and I'm going to I'm going to do certain things to make sure I survive. Exactly. Yeah, and that, I exactly. mean that really that that point you make Ben reminds us that we ought to be living with all of our heart towards what God's called us to do. So so then it doesn't just become a Oh yeah, I signed the rule book or I agreed to right, the right. set of covenants 
because David made me do it or Chad told me it was a good idea or it becomes a natural overflow of, man, I want to I live with every ounce of who I am towards God being pleased and Jesus glorified. How can I do that to the best of my ability with a bunch of, of brothers and sisters out on the road for right. however long? And um, so at what right. point did you guys, um, like, at what point in No Longer Music's life or career did you guys realize that this was something that the covenant idea uh, what was actually going to be the right, right move? And then and then was did you face resistance or was everybody right away like, yeah, we're on board. This is great. Sign me up. No, I th- I think it was a gradual thing. I think these were were principles derived from you know the two decades before I even came on the scene. You know, so it wasn't it wasn't that some new thing. I think it was more just um, you know <laughs> the old days. It kind of used to be David, and he was almost doing everything, and there was a little bit of help here and there. And now, you know, thanks to God's provision, we have more people doing more things, and it's allowed us to focus on different aspects of okay, how do we how do we how how can we be more intentional? Like Luke, you know, said in the past, it used to be just show up here, you know, and good luck. <laughs> now things yeah. have gotten a little bit more organized, and one of the healthy byproducts of that, I think, are that we've had time to say, what are some of the things that that work? What are the same some things we've recognized? I mean, is that how yeah? It kind and of also, I mean, seeing seeing people uh, past band, band members actually get reached by the scene we're trying to reach, you know, because right. we didn't have these that we didn't have these protections around us and. And just seeing too many, too many of my friends fall, you know. Act to be honest, and right. and uh, and I thought, man, we ha- we have to, we have to take this seriously, and we have to put some real, have this covenant. And you know, it's it's amazing since we've started to to up the standards of what we expect from each other. We're 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 the 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 camaraderie, the team spirit, the the opportunities. It's amazing, mm-hmm. you know. It's yeah. it when you when you're willing to have this kind of uh, accountability before God in your band, your opportunities will explode. You will have so many opportunities. Because well, I think yeah, you have, I, your authority increases. But I even to, you know to maybe touch on the camaraderie side of it. Not that that's necessarily the most important, but I think that's why even the military can have that brotherhood feel to it because you 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 band together and you you work hard and you deprive yourself of certain things and you strive for something greater and there's there is a cool bond that comes in that that's way stronger than just you know a, a pack of dudes just like goofing off like there's something in the intensity of it that bonds exactly. you together mm. but but one thing I would, I want to pivot this conversation a little bit because I you know I would say David, if I don't want to put words in your mouth but you know the whole idea of being a vessel of gold has been critical in guiding your motivation for holiness beyond just the idea that, you know, we want to be obedient to God. Um, because a lot of artists might say, oh, you know, really like God's, you know, this just sounds legalistic and what I can only, God only cares if I'm perfect and all that. So you want to kind of explain the heart of this desire within the context of a band. Well, in 2 Timothy 2, 20 and 21, which is a big, a big scripture for us, big verse for us, it says, now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if, you cl- if, you, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he'll be a vessel for honorable use, set apart, holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. And so the motivation is... Well, first of all, the thing I would say is I think there's too many clay bands, you know? There's too many clay musicians. 
And when you're when you're clay, you you you're going to only be able to be used in a certain way. And and the, the motivation to want to let holiness into my life is because I don't I want God to use me however He wants. Mm. You know, it's like when I was in in Ephesus and I was looking at the ruins in Ephesus, and I was I I thought about Paul, how people would take pieces of Paul's clothing and they would touch people who were who are sick and they'd be healed. Or, or he saw these amazing miracles. And I was thinking about that, walking around in these ruins in Ephesus, and I felt like God said to me, David, Paul wasn't some superhuman. He was just like you. I mean, he was no different than you. If you will let me work these things into your life, I, I want to use you like Paul. And so I think it's about wanting to not stop God from moving in my life the way he wants to. You know, and I think that's the, that's the only right motivation to want to deal with these things. Right. And again, that comes back down to the vision, though, right? Is that exactly. you, you're motivated not because it's fun or, you know, and again, that's not to say that any of those things are wrong because we have a great time on tour and I love performing and I love putting on these big shows and we have great times, you know, in the, in, well, I was going to say in the vans, but it's not always that great. Cause it's oh, like, I, but, <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, the thing is, it's about freedom. You know, it's, it, it really is. We talk. You hear a lot of talk about Jesus wants to make you free. Well, one of the ways that he makes you free is he gets rid of the the junk. You know, he was. Yeah. He doesn't want us to be weak. You know. You know. You'll hear people say, "God, God loves me even though I'm weak." Yeah, he does, but he doesn't want you to be weak. He wants you to be strong. Right. He, wa- he wants you to be more than a conqueror. Right. You know, and so it's not about. It's about actually, f- joy, freedom. You know, God being able to do things in your life that you can't even imagine, that's what it's about, but you got to be a vessel of gold. You have to let him work out these things in your life. It's not about—and he has to do it, but it's a willingness. You know, it's like saying, okay, God, I I don't want anything in my life that's going to keep you from being able to use me the way you want. Hmm. And I think being in a band and with a team is a great opportunity to work this through because you've got uh, people next to you who can call you out and challenge you and, you know, iron sharpens iron and, and we're working on these things together. So I, I think going back to the covenant thing, that what I found really cool and interesting seeing how that change happened in NLM where before we'd have, you know, standards as well and we'd talk about this stuff. But the moment putting it down on paper and then sitting together as a team to discuss it brought a lot more clarity and opportunity to talk things through and then to agree together on it and then to be able to challenge each other because to do what what you're describing there david we need each other right to, to right, help exactly. us to build a set build build each other up and say hey come on let's let's do this together it's not easy it's not like we're all you know none of us here is like superhuman or holy you know in 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 the sense that we're different to each other but we can all work together on this and challenge each other and i think that's a great environment to do it as well it just seems to foster a culture of humility and a culture of honor you know and there there's an amazing book that uh beth and i went through a couple of years ago by an author named danny silk called culture of honor and it's really more about um it's really aimed a little more at church culture and what it looks like to walk with honor in that kind of a culture, but it could be very easily applied to artists' band life. And I think that so much of, of, of a walk of holiness also comes down to a place like I want to, if I really want to outdo someone else in showing them honor, 
then, then I'm not going to take them places or do things with them that will belittle them or, or put them in a position where they might fail. Uh, I'm going to be looking for every opportunity to help them succeed all throughout mm. a tour, all throughout an event. And, uh, and so I think so much of it just it comes back to a place of, of Jesus, how do I serve in humility the people and build up the people around me in humility? Uh, and one of the ways we do that is, is by living this kind of covenant a uh, holy lifestyle uh, of mm. being set apart and serving one another in that way. Yeah, and it's it, and this also to me is is uh, part of the maturing process of having a genuine relationship with Jesus in the sense that you know I think there there can be this attitude of well how much how what can I get away with you know like what do I okay you know where's that line and you're always kind of it, it's not this this striving you know it'd be kind of again I use a lot of. Uh, relational analogies, but it'd be like if I thought, well, what is the least amount I could do for my wife and still be like a decent husband? Right. You know, like what, what is like, how much do I need to serve? And I'm not thinking of it from a perspective of, I want to, I want to push to be amazing. Like I want to push exactly. to be an incredible husband. And, and I, I, cause I, you know, I love her and I don't want to, but that's how often I feel like we treat God where it's like, okay, well, you know, how much, you know, where's that line? And, and come on, chill out. Don't be so intense. What what can we get away with and still sort of, you know, okay, okay, right. that that's kind of the limit. And that, to me, that's such a ah, lame way to, to be. And it's a misunderstanding of, of who God is, that the magnitude of his sacrifice. And, and it just, I think it just, it's not a mature understanding of what it means to be a son or daughter of God and want, wanting to, at the core of who you are, please him. Because I think when it's motivated that way, then it becomes this thing where you're like, yeah, of course, I want to, I want to get rid of anything that's an impediment. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And then yeah. thinking about like the people that we're meeting and sharing and talking with, it seems like there's a thirst for that. In I'm talking about like in non-believers and and in the scene, people are yeah. looking for for that. Like uh, to see a band or a team of people or a person that is living to a standard and and living out what they really believe and being strong and clear about it is something that people are hungry and thirsty for. And, and when they see it, they're often drawn to it. And, mm. and uh, you know, they, they, so they want to hear even more when they see a band with high standards like that. Yeah, and, and, and again, without claiming perfection, because you hang out with me long enough, you'll know that that's not the case. But we do very regularly in No Longer Music have people comment on our culture mm. where they'll join us for a week or for two weeks and they'll say, man, you guys really love each other and you really you know, you work hard and you care and you're, you know, and so it's not, it's not perfection, but I, even just the testimony of a group of people that are striving to be like Jesus is an amazing testimony. Like it's a powerful witness to people. I mean, we've had, I remember one time in Albania, we had like the government officials came up to our organizers and said, man, how do we, how would, if we could get our government workers to work like your team, we'd be in good shape. Yeah. Well, hmm. we had that, we had that a lot of different places. I, I don't, remember we were in Russia, and we were playing in some big cultural place somewhere, and uh, we had the exact same kind of comment. And it's 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 because when when you again this it's about uh, wanting God to move in your life, and you want to you want to have high expectations for yourself and for your band, hmm. and and that comes by embracing holiness by right. saying God deal with any I don't want anything to hold hold you back in my life. Right. And the stuff that you're hanging on to isn't worth it anyway. No. You know, it's not like you're giving something up no. at, at the end of the day. You're actually you're you're being set free. And I think it also means not 
not sweating the small stuff. Not and what I mean is, you know, we can get so bothered about well, our my rights, you know, right? Or well, don't be legalistic, and we hold on to this stuff. And and I guess I guess the point I'm trying to make is that when you care enough about your relationship with God, when your mission means as much to you as it should, and 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 what by mission I mean bringing the the hope and life of Jesus to people that are dying and and dead inside then you i feel like you can kind of just be free to not worry about your rights so much so when in doubt just give it up that's kind of my vibe it's like like for example okay in our covenant here are some very specific things we talk about you know we talk about things like alcohol for example you know and this is a whole different direction that we could go in and there's a whole lot of you know, places you could go and contention that this could cause. But, you know, we play in a lot of places um, where alcohol's a big part of culture. It's, you know, again, I'm not, I don't think it's a sin. Um, but what I do know... Well, it depends, well, dep- well, yeah, it depends if you, how you're consuming it, obviously. But what I do know is this. In the art scene uh, and in many, many places in the world, alcohol is destroying people. It's absolutely destroying people. It's breaking up homes. It's it's just whole cultures. You know, we do a lot in Eastern Europe. Whole cultures just destroyed fatherlessness and and all this, you know, destruction because of alcohol. So in a band, in our band, we just say we're not going to go there. You know, in your own life, in your own home, when you're, you can do that. But when you're going to be part of us, we are going to give up that right because we don't want that to be a barrier. We don't want that to be an impediment of any kind. You know, we do the same with language. This one, it baffles me that this is a debate. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, you know, if anything, I, you know, when I, when I, my bigger thing is I think that there's probably even deeper layers of that in the, in my own, the, the language I use. I, I, if anything, I know that there's probably, compromise i'm not even aware of that i need to be convicted about in terms of just casual language i use um but but we have these very specific things uh not so that we can feel self-righteous but because we don't want to we want to give up anything that might be a barrier to god using us Hmm. yeah i really like that passage in in 1 corinthians 9 which i think is like a really good basis for what you're saying there ben about giving up rights um Mm -hmm. because paul talks about that where he you know, it's a ver- verse that everybody often knows and, and is used in a different way, but he'll say, I become all things to all men. And and it's funny because often we'll use that to say, oh, it's about being culturally relevant and, and identifying with people. Um, but when you look at that whole context, the amazing thing is he's talking about what you're saying, letting go of rights. He's talking about right. in a, a chapter before, in chapter eight, he says, if you eat meat, eating meat is being an issue for the Greek believers, the new believers, because they're confused by it. Eating meat for them was related to idol worship. And and so when right. you, as a Christian, you say, hey, it doesn't matter if you eat meat, it's not a problem, it's not a sin, but then you go and you do this, then these these new believers are getting confused or they're not yet believers are not getting the difference they don't see you know so he's saying if that's going to be a barrier and obstacle i'm never going to eat meat again and he goes on and he says i'll i'll travel with no wife i'll get no money from all this that i'm doing i'll do anything to reach anybody and then he says i'll become all things to all men so i think that that for me is a it's a really good biblical base. Just think this stuff through and say exactly what you're saying, Ben. I need to be so passionate about reaching people and about making it, um, making the gospel accessible, making it clear, um, setting a clear example to people that I'd be willing to let go of, of any rights and any you know usual comforts or whatever, so that I can be clear and bold in in the way I'm doing that. You know, it's funny too because like we have this no alcohol policy and no longer music, and. It's never been an issue with uh, with the non-Christian bands that we play with. 
It's never been an issue. They've always respected us even more. They've, you know, we'll say, oh, we don't drink, or and I'll make a joke about it. Like, oh, if I drink, then I, I'll dance on the table, or you know what I mean? Or I just, I, I don't act self-righteous <laughs> about it. I just say, I can't drink, or I'll, you know what I mean? I'll go crazy, and they laugh, and they go, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, the only ones that have had a hard time with it are the Christian bands. The only ones that have had a hard time with our no alcohol thing has been the Christian bands. And I, I find that kind of ironic. And I think there's a, there's a, there's a, there's, if you want public ministry, there's a price to it. You know, there's a responsibility that goes along with it. And so if I want God to put me on a big stage, then I need to take the responsibility that goes along with being on a big stage. And I need to see that that's a serious thing. And so that's part of what motivates me too. Yeah. And I, I, as the more with this conversation develops, you know, I, I, I'm slowly making my way through Corinthians, and it just feels like the the theme that, that Paul just continues to hammer is just, it sounds obvious, but it's just, it's all about Jesus, the primacy of that, of the gospel, like nothing mm-hmm. but the gospel, mm-hmm. and everything just kind of keeps coming back to that point. And and to me, it's, it's where, what is your, what's the point? Yeah. What's, where's your heart? What is the motivation? And, and. I just I don't get it. Like I don't find this stuff so such, like such a big deal. Like to me, it, it just is so trivial compa- compared to to the point of what I'm doing this for. That I, I don't understand why, if that was even potentially an issue, why we wouldn't just leave that to the wayside and and drink one of the million other beverages that are that don't destroy families. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's like kind lemonade. Of fun. Yeah. yeah, but there's hard lemonade. <laughs> oh yeah, and, I, like, and it's like uh, we'd be, we'd be juice. We'd be with Luke on tour, and he'd always be going, "It's just lemonade." <laughs> and I'd go, yeah, guys, it says right <laughs> but here, I'd be, lemonade. But I'd be a lot more relaxed after it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, just, but you're right, Ben. I totally agree with that. Mm. And uh, I don't think the problem in the in the modern day church today is uh, legalism generally. I, th- I would say that the, the problem in the modern-day church today is compromise. And I think that's—if we want to see God move like he needs to, then we have to embrace—we need to embrace holiness. We need to say, God, God I don't want—you know, I— Yeah, and again, it, our, our righteousness is always going to be filthy rags. It's not, God doesn't love me any more— because I embrace holiness than he does if I don't. He loves me because he loves me. I don't love my my family because of what they do. So it's not about earning God's love. It's nothing to do with that. It's about saying, God, I want... I get to go on another tour. You know, I get to go on another tour, Lord. Help me. You know, I've been praying, feeling like I need to pray more than I than I have been lately, because we're getting ready to go on another tour. You know, and God, I want to have a higher standard in my thought life, in my behavior, everything, because I don't want to. I want to be a good steward of this opportunity, and I think that's the motivation. Mm. Yeah, and and a desire to please God. You know, yeah. like yeah. I, I don't like it. It bothers me that I, if I serve the God of the universe, who who can raise people from the dead and heal people from the sick, and there's no outward evidence of His power inside of my life. What's happening? Exactly. That that there should be a, that should bother you. There should be, Lord. I don't. I don't. I want to change. And it's an awkward dance. And it's two steps forward and one step back. And sometimes the other way around on certain days. But there should be outward evidence of inward transformation. And it shouldn't. We shouldn't be okay and just accept the fact that hypocrisy 
is just sort of the common complaint against Christians and that, you know, surveys and, and statistics show that there's hardly a noticeable difference in the yeah. outward behavior, behavior of Christians as, as opposed to non-Christians. Mm. This shouldn't be... There should be power. There should be evidence of this power. And and as artists to try to, you know, because again, a lot of these principles seem to transcend the the specific scope of what we're talking about. But, uh, you know, as Christian artists, it's it's just a tragedy. I mean, you often tell the story of, you know, you were getting a tour or you're the one of the guys in your band was getting a tour of one of the top venues in the, in the country here in the U.S. And, and this was a Christian venue and, and the, you know, the whole backstage carpet was completely messed up because the Christian bands that were playing there were getting hammered before their shows and throwing up all over the carpet. And this becomes kind of the cliche, sad joke. Uh, I know Chad, you could speak to some of that, that side of the industry that, that probably breaks your heart, but it just doesn't, it just feels like it just is, it breaks my heart as well. It's like, this shouldn't be the way it is. And God would want to use us. And it just, it, it's, it shouldn't, we shouldn't be compromised in this way. If we genuinely love Jesus and are striving to be like him and all that we do. I mean, it reminds me when we were doing that uh, radio interview in Spain, and it was with a actually a Muslim uh, radio station. And uh, he goes, hey, "I'm not, I'm you know, I'm not a Christian." Um, he says, "I'm I'm a Muslim, not a Christian, because we don't we don't get drunk and do drugs." And, and I'm going, "Wow, isn't that isn't that great?" Mm. <laughs> That's what his. That's what what his view is, his understanding is of of being a follower of Jesus, and I and it it is really sad, and it's uh, and I don't think it's it's not just sad, it's not right, and I think God wants to make us gold because the world's on fire and people need to to hear the truth. Yeah, yeah. And there's a there's a inconsistency that was never meant to be a part of our lives in the first place. If we're not walking into a holiness kind of. Uh, journey with Jesus. So it's, uh, there's, there's a hypocritical side to each of us that begins stepping up to the plate if we're walking away from holiness and, and backing down from it and kind of going after how to um, fit things in that, that really were never meant to be there in the first place. Um, to the point right. that sooner or later, we, we, we will end up with that, the issue of hypocrisy uh, that, that unfortunately I did see often and, and many times, most of the time in my own life, uh, in the, in, especially when I was in the, the music industry and, uh, and realizing, man, Lord, I have to confess daily. I've got to take up this cross daily. I've got to deny myself daily. I've got to, I've got to pursue you daily. I've got to, I've got to read your word daily. I've got to pray to you daily. I got to hang out with other believers daily. I've got to love non-believers daily. You know, it's just like all of a sudden it becomes, yeah. man, Lord, I get to grow with you. Uh, what, how much more would I desire to grow with you? than to right. just say that I partied really well after the show or that I, I, I'm, re- I'm a really good dancer on the tables, you know, it, it, to, to use David's which, analogy. Which is true. You know, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, last <laughs> night, Chad danced on the tables so well with David. That, exactly. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, wow. <laughs> That'll be the soundbite preview. Yeah, yeah. It was, mem- it was memorable anyway. Right, right. So if you're, so if you're, a, if you're a Christian artist, if you're in a Christian band, or just a follower of Jesus in general, I, I think what we're trying to get at here is, well, I mean, there's a tension in this, right? Yeah. There's so many tensions in our faith. Jesus died for you. I mean, this was the, you know, the whole Easter season. Jesus died for you to do in you what you could not do for yourself. Mm. And yet there's clear evidence that Jesus says, be like me, come before me. 
I can change you. You serve a living God, which means that, that there shouldn't just things inside of you shouldn't just stay the way they are. And, and so I would say that 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 is being the foundation that you have to live within the tension of, of you can't earn your salvation, but God has the power to change your life. Then I would say there's just the real practical aspect of you've got to be intentional. Yeah. In your life in general, you have to decide how you're going to address and attack certain things that are just maybe unique uh, temptations within the context that God has called you to. So if you're an artist, it's going to be things like you know, needing to be real strict about about being in your hotel room alone, you know, if mm. you're, it's it's a brutal place, it, you know, you having a real understanding and policies about the way that you're going to do media and the way that you're going to do internet and how you're going to approach alcohol and how you're going to, you know, just deal with interactions with fans and all that kind of stuff. You have to sit down as a band. And if, again, we're, we're assuming that you have this mission and vision to reach the world for Jesus through your art and music, being that as it may, you need to sit down as a band and and talk through how you're going to deal with these certain temptations as they come up. And, and then it's not a one-time thing either, right? Because we're going to mm. mess up. So you've got to continue to come back to this agreement and say, Lord, we, with your help and by your power, help us to stay committed uh, to this covenant so that we can be vessels of gold, useful, uh, and so we can see much fruit. Uh, and, and so that that's really our heart is understand why, um, but then recognize the practical aspect of this and that you're going to need to have a plan, uh, especially, I would say, as an artist, given the unique challenges of of that vocation. Uh, so hopefully uh, this was encouraging. Um, it, it is a tough uh, subject to tackle because uh, depending on what, you know, where you're at or what side you're on, you tend to you tend to hear an extreme end that we might not be saying, <laughs> which is that, that it's either all about being perfect and that's why God uses you or or it's not about that at all and just live how you want to live. And, and we're, I'm saying, you know, find that middle and, and understand that, that God really cares about how we live and yet loves you no matter what you do. Uh, and, and living on either side of that extreme can be real dangerous, especially as an artist. So uh, if you have questions for us or uh, if you feel like we didn't answer every aspect of this, um, of course, provoke and inspire at commonlive.com or any other social media. Uh, otherwise, this has been provoke and inspire, and uh, I hope it did one of those two things. That is all. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>